Till Death Do Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 7. This is my decision day. Woo! It is a doozy. This episode covers days like 7 slash 8 into 11 of Mirage. Okay. So that's some context for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot how much I love getting to see inside people's apartments. (laughs) Like, if there could just be a show in which you and I get to judge other people's apartments. Well, they had one. It was called Room Raiders. Yeah, this is true. Complete with a black light. True, this is true. (laughs) That's the only really missing component of this. Yeah, the only problem with that, though, is that it's just like a teenager's room, essentially. These are people in their 30s who who know better. (laughs) They know better. Uh, Yeah, so we get them. They're back from honeymoons. They are going to get their respective shit and also see each other's homes, get an added layer of information about them by seeing their place, and then moving it all into the apartment together. When in where they have their first in-person meeting with Pastor Cal since they have been couples, which I have to say, praise everything that Pastor Cal is upon us, finally. If Pastor Cal wouldn't have come in this episode, I think the season would have maybe just ended. Might have just ended. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it did end for one couple, but we'll get get to that later. Yeah, but I thought overall, like my broader takeaway is that I was very happy with Pastor Kyle's presence, and I thought that he did a really good and meaningful job with each couple in their own way. And ultimately, by the end of this app, I I definitely feel like nervous for everyone for different reasons, which I'm obviously, I think we're supposed to feel. Yeah, power rankings was hard to do this week for me. Um, Kind of parse through all the morsels that we were given this week. The morsels are back. No, we're stopping there. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to start with Lindsay and Mark. Let's start with Lindsay and Mac. They go to his bug bed infest, invest, infested, infested, sorry, bug bed infested apartment wearing hazmat suits. I loved the image of them in hazmat suits. I think they should have had to <laughs> go the whole episode in hazmat suits. Well, and let's just... Remember, because we go on quite a journey with Lindsay in this episode, that we really start off, we're coming off of her impressing us a lot last week with the way that she showed up for Mark as his life was sort of falling apart across the ocean and his phone's blowing up. And she just like, she really was like, I'm here to help in any way. I step up. I am here. And like, It does need to be said that in After Party, Katina admits she would not have stepped foot in the house, hazmat suit or not, and would have made Elijah Wan throw away literally everything. So I think that, like, we come, we start this episode with her having a very good attitude considering the situation. And another side thing I put is, like, can you imagine how mortified you would be if you were in Mark's position? You find out after this months and months arduous audition process that is the second time you've been through it. You find out you make the show. You're getting married in two weeks. And two days 
We find out an after party two days before the wedding. He finds out he's infested with bed bugs and he has to frantically try and like rip the house apart before before he gets married in two days to a stranger and then gets on a plane to fly to Puerto Rico for a week. And it gave me like a teeny bit more perspective why this landlord might have been being a little more psycho because to have to like to peace out in the midst, like bedbugs are truly a crisis. I sort of understood that. But also I just kept thinking, how embarrassed must he be right now that this is his look at my apartment moment? He has no, I mean, you literally have no choice. You couldn't have produced this out of the situation. Like if they were going to go in there and get anything, they had to wear the fucking suits and hope that they didn't get one attached to them that they bring back to the loft. Fair. Very stressful. Like I would have just been like extremely embarrassed. Fair. However, last time I checked, bed bugs do not have no effect whatsoever on paragraphs of wall decals, of, of word wall decals. And I just need, I'm going to go in on this a little bit because it gets sprinkled throughout. This was my biggest takeaway. I, I, for, I mean, the hazmat suits were so like jarring to just see people wear inside an apartment. Like it was like Dexter or something like that. But it was all overshadowed for me by... The, well, here's the thing. I, I want to say wall art, but it's not no, wall art. No. We did a little wall not. art bit last week. It's not this wall is art. So it is far beyond home goods wall art with hearts. No, this is decals of paragraphs. Or now, computer paper. Or some in some Tweaked. instances, computer paper. <laughs> now, we get hit right off the bat with a paragraph long. The first thing is a long Steve Jobs quote. I tried to write some of the. We tried to write some of these down. Couldn't get them all because I would have had to pause and zoom in. This thing looks like okay. Remember, in, it looks like a chapter of a book. Yes, it's an actual Dead Sea Scroll. It is. It's a Dead Sea Scroll. <laughs> I the, what I thought it was and what it reminded me of is the contract that's on the wall in Willy Wonka. When the when the families walk in before they have to go to the chocolate factory and it's like blah, 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 it's written out it gets smaller and smaller and they all have to sign at the bottom it was a massive it was huge on the wall yeah I could not believe it no so, and I kept thinking who because it's like it's one of those you open the door and you're basically like looking in the face of the hallway wall right like you've only got a couple feet and it's just dead end you turn right who stands at the threshold long enough to read this fucking paragraph decal literally ever. You can't tell me that Mark has ever done it. You can't. It needed to be like versed, like Bible. Yes. Like, the, like, hey, just just check out verses uh, 10 through 12 up there and you're going to get what I'm really about. You know, <laughs> okay. Now that's in one room. Okay. In another room, we have one that says, think different. Apparently, Steve Jobs said that, too. We, He's obsessed it, with Steve Jobs. Like, don't get me wrong. Steve Jobs was a brilliant man, okay? There are a lot of other philosophers, inventors, visionaries, people that have also said things. We're, saying, we're staying so, like, Apple-heavy here. Anyway, <laughs> then he's got pa computer paper that say, innovate, imagine, invent, 
above the closet taped multiple pieces of computer paper. Then a decal has been <laughs> damaged. So all it says currently is stay hungry, stay oolish. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because I don't know what the Wait, front. What is it though? Oolish. No, but like what word would that be besides foolish? I don't know. This isn't a Wordle podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what word it could be. Anyway, I was just blown well, away. There's like another Steve Jobs paragraph in, in another the bedroom. Room. Yeah. That, I mean, the camera almost just whizzed right past it. I made you rewind. I was like, you missed the other paragraph. Some other things that need to be said beyond the obvious problematic Sorry, excuse for word art. It's like if you're gonna word art your house, do it right. But yeah, anyway. change up the fonts, get different, get different frames for things. Also, like put some on some shiplap, put some on a chalkboard. <laughs> Don't just paste it on your wall. Yeah, we walk into the kitchen. So he he kind of acts like he's giving her a tour, and he thinks that one of the highlights is of the tour is to say, "This is my Keurig. This is my Foreman grill." I would die at that. I died at that. Okay. His whole house, his I whole died apartment. At foreman. Yeah, no, I mean those two I'm I, like here's the thing. I no. had a foreman girl that I bragged about in college when I could make a panini from my dorm room. And that was really impressive to have melted cheese on my sandwich from my dorm. We are not Nothing. bragging about our foreman grill. In it our just thirties. It, it just age. It, it puts him in this weird. I was. I want to say like aging, but like here's the thing. Nothing against Keurig's, Foreman grills, nine hundred two one zero CDs, but it's all like a vibe. It's all very specific. Like late thirties, early forties. I peaked in two thousand seven. Yes, that's what. It, it's just like, hey, <laughs> see my Keurig over there. Yeah, it's not a single serving. It serve it, it fills eight cups. That that Keurig right there. Look at the hey, check this out. Here's all the flavors of Keurig I got. I even got some teas in there for you too. Like, oh okay, it makes coffee. It is my Foreman grill. Yeah, I know you get you get them at Sears now for like. There's no Sears, but Walmart. Yeah, like it's just it's. I, know, I, I mean, I they're, know. they're just it's basic not, kitchen it's not appliances. Like, look at my fancy espresso machine. That I invested in. It all just tells this very, like, <laughs> uh, the 90210 CDs got me too. I didn't even know. Wait, what does that mean? Okay, so what I assume was As like, in, it was like a sh the show, yeah, 90210. Okay. Like DVDs? Maybe he meant DVDs of the show. But like the or fact that you own that many CDs still season? is a little bizarre. It's like all those bizarre. things together bizarre. just... It's Random. a vibe. It's a vibe. I, I, and I, don't, I can't quite define it, but it is one. Well, I also had a little laugh when she's like, because like, look, the, uh, we've never, I think it's fun when people's houses that I've had have a Keurig, but I have always thought like, it's a little bit, it's always felt a little wasteful. So we don't have one. But I laughed when she's like, oh, we're throwing away the Keurig and oh, we're throwing all of that away. I mean, it's just too much plastic. And I was just like, the actual irony right now of you discussing, selling, I mean, throwing away into a landfill an already existent plastic device to just, like, what are you talking about? It's already here. 
Like, you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the Nalgene thing I get because you'll be drinking water forever and ever and you can stop yourself from buying more plastic water bottles. But, like, the Keurig's already here. So why just throw it away? Like, yeah. it's just going to go to the bad place. Yeah, it's not... You're an idiot. It's man. not really, like, the environmental... No. To it. They just they just take too much up too much space on the countertop. I agree. But then, okay, this is something that I found. I mean, you could tell that he was very overwhelmed by this experience. He basically reiterates what my sneaking suspicion was on After Party, which is that he was really embarrassed and stressed as fuck. And like couldn't believe that he had to be filmed dealing with this because of course it's there's implications with it. It's like we were in a cockroach-infested apartment complex, and we were embarrassed to share that because you're like, is everyone going to think I'm dirty? And it's like, has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? So I, he's overwhelmed. They're just trying to figure out what he's bringing with him. And she is being a little suffocating, and she's literally trying to Marie Kondo his life. In a time that I just felt, this is not the time, Lindsay. It's not like, the time and you're also... To spark joy, like, we're not doing that right now. You're like, also not anything like Marie Kondo. Oh, the like, absolute <laughs> opposite. Like, you are not a poster child for a Marie Kondo lifestyle. Yeah. If anything, you're confusing everyone who's considering it because it doesn't appear to be making a very big impact in your day-to-day existence based on your energy. <laughs> but... He's definitely spiraling, and I felt like she was trying to to Marie Kondo him a little too hard, and he is not liking it. Like, he's starting to get stressed. You can tell that he's sort of, like, pulling back with her. He hates how she's trying to just, like, save him but not listen to him. He's starting to get pissed. You know, like, you can just see there's something brewing. Then they go to her place. It's a big, pretty cool studio. No, it's not big. It's not very big. Well, I meant like it's a big one room place. It's a big studio. It's literally one room. Okay. Um, Has a lot of character with like the brick and the like a balcony and like it's the Tibetan flag. It's like very like her version of like an eclectic boho boho space. Shit tons of plants. She has names for all of them. You can tell that he's freaked out by that which I'm like Mark I could just tell that at this point he's he's so overwhelmed by her that every new piece of information including like she names her plans that could have been an endearing cute thing in a more normal slow gradual getting to know you place yeah none of it is cute it's all translating as cray and like his bulging eyes at every other second is is letting us know that he's deep down. It's a little bit like hearing that your psychic told you I would have an eagle tattoo. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and juxtapose like the whole thing going on here is he's really hoping that she has a space right that's big enough to for him to move in because he's obviously Not living in hell right now. Town. Yeah, and. You know, the falling out with the landlord, all this. He's not going back there. And she doesn't really do a very good job here of, like, she's attached to the place, which is fine. It's fine to be attached to your own place. But coming off of what he just had to go through, 
like you just took your hazmat suits off. Like I, I didn't get the vibe that she was very much like, oh, and this is where you can have, oh, your, you know wasn't. what I mean? Like, and Which I thought that almost, was a missed opportunity. Well, I kind of felt like she almost had the vibe of like, look at this place that has been mine. Like almost like it's not even crossed her mind that he would move in there. Yeah. And I don't think like he ends up, it's not possible. There's too much shit in too small a space. Um, but okay. First. Okay. Next. <laughs> sorry. Love that. There's a squatty potty. Okay. We need to talk we about this. We need to this. talk about this because we have the exact squatty potty as her and squatty potties have changed our life. And I was skeptical before, and the only reason is because I got it from someone in a move, and never looking back because it was so great. But he seems to be a little confused by the squatty. This is my problem. Why are you grabbing it and waving it around? (laughs) It is way too toilet adjacent for you to be so openly touching it. I was mortified when I saw that. I hate when the squatty potty in the bathroom gets like left out of place at all. And I I always try to like kick it or move it. Are you pooping on the squatty potty? It's too close to the toilet bowl. Are you going to grab? <laughs> are you going to be like, look at my plunger. Plungers are great. Plungers, help it's me different. out. Are, Plungers go in the pot. It's right. It's inches from the bowl. But there's no, there's no matter touching it. But matter gets into the air. Don't. It gets <laughs> oh, into the right. air Sam and it settles. Sam has an with... <laughs> It's fecal plume. It settles into the. It settles Sam on toothbrush. Oh, fecal plume. My I God. I never knew about the fecal plume until our marriage. I take it a bit with a grain of salt, but I also take some of some grains of salt. Like I also now when I flush, I turn my face away. Um, close the lid. <laughs> All you need to do is okay, close the anyway, lid. That's what the lid's for. Overall, we support a squatty potty. We don't support you waving it around the room. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to make the best assumption, which is that her squatty is nice and clean because she cleaned her place before she left. He kept saying, this is definitely your apartment. And then he'd like be in his interview. I mean, it's definitely her apartment. It's definitely your apartment. And you can tell that she's like giddy. And is so excited to share her space with him because it all means so much to her. And I will say, I didn't foresee this aesthetic for her. I really didn't. And if anything, I like, it definitely makes me like her just a tad more. Um, Of all the apartments we saw. It just has the most personality. Yeah. You know? But she starts to catch on to this persistent comment he keeps making and it doesn't feel like it has a negative connotation. I mean, a positive connotation. It definitely feels like a negative one. And she gets in her interview and she's like, I mean, he keeps saying it's definitely your apartment. And I mean, I just want to say, I just found and found like I just went into your infested, dilapidated place and accepted you. So you can stop judging me. <laughs> and I was like, she honestly makes a great point. But at the end of the day, the biggest issue that he seems to take away from it is just it's almost adding to his stress more with his current situation. Because like you said, he is painfully aware now that in eight weeks, he doesn't have anywhere to go because it's not going to be her apartment. So I (laughs) we have the cat union, which is a God 
godforsaken nightmare. He's just hissing and hissing and hissing. Hairballs. And he and- swears his cats don't hiss, which I'm like, I'm sorry, Mark. All cats hiss. Like, you cannot claim your cats hiss. That's like when everybody gets funny when you get your dogs together and someone poops and you don't know who it is and everyone claims that it can't possibly be their dog. Yeah. It's like that. Um, then we get leading up to Pastor Cal. Yeah. Then we get... Things some, just kind of turn on the dime here. They feel like they've spiraled out, but clearly there's so much happening, not on camera, that we are not aware of. Well, yeah. So we get, uh, from Lindsay's perspective, um, you know, she's pissed at Mark. She needs space. Uh, she's like, I need Pastor Cal. I need Pastor Cal. Um, well, she's hot. He, her whole thing is that Mark is hot and cold with her and is a different person off camera off camera she basically feels like i've been busting my ass to support you and help you through this nightmare that has basically colored my whole time since we got married as well like with all the landlord bullshit and oh he's getting evicted and oh i guess since they got back his grandma ended up in the hospital and she's really sick and all of these things are happening at the same time and she's basically implying that, like, when the cameras are not there, he is fully, like, he is fully detached from her. He's not giving her any attention. He's acting uninterested in her. And she's really upset. And it's hard because you're sitting there and you're like, okay, that is a fucked up sensation to have. And I, in a way, get where she's coming from, you know, because she's like, we had this amazing time on the honeymoon. We had sex multiple times. Overall, my takeaway is I'm crazy about him. And then we get back and I'm nothing but supportive. And he's pulling away from he's me. He's on and off and, and on and cold. in my yeah. head, I was just thinking at that point, like, gosh, what is this about? Is he so overwhelmed by her and actually is way not into her in a way that we don't know yet because he's trying to be nice for camera? Or... Is he just extremely beyond stressed with the series of unfortunate of events that has been his life over the last two weeks? Like such high highs, such low lows, such a terrible time to be having these lows that he's just like, you're too much for me right now. I'm overwhelmed. You're suffocating me. Ah, like it was hard for me to figure out. And then he, she's drinking a glass of wine at the counter. Like, clearly he's in the house. Ha- they're together in the house right now. This is after she gives her spiel about how upset she is. She's clearly alone in the apartment. Fast forward, they're getting ready for Pastor Cal to come that afternoon. And they're really freaking awkward with each other. She's drinking a glass of wine. She's very pissy. And she's like, I just need space. And he's like, that was all awkward. He was like, what? Well, usually when people need space, they leave. And she's like, no, I want you to leave. And she goes, we get to the point where by the time that Pastor Cal is walking through the door, I'm sorry, but she looks like such a drama queen because she's like hunched over sitting on the balk. Oh, I had the same note. I was like, this is petty and drama and stupid. It's I'm like, like oh, she's a glass of wine deep. She's I just like, am doing my meditation outside with my cab. I know she's, but then she pours a second glass of wine before therapy. And this was a, this was a big no, no last season when Mirla did this with Dr. Pepper. It's also a 
it was a it was a Tim pour. It was not a <laughs> Yeah, it was a goblet of it was, wine. It was a goblet. <laughs> like full all the way to the top, which I mean, she overall didn't seem like she wasn't no. like wasted, but I just I just It's feel, not a good look. No, don't do it. It's not just don't do it. Don't like, do it. Just be clear and present and be here right now. You can have your glass of wine after. Yeah, so, it's really it's really not a good look. She I would like one to say one positive for her because this was something that was driving me nuts for a lot of the different couples sessions. A lot of the couples have difficulty looking into each other's eyes when they're talking about something important. And I obviously get why. And we have had this before, you know, and like had a therapist be like, you have to look into each other's eyes because it actually changes like the chemistry of your brain. If you are looking at each other when you are confronting a big issue versus what a lot of us do, which is like get in an argument in the car when we're both looking out opposite sides of the window or you know what I mean? So it was just driving me crazy that a lot of these couples had the hardest time being vulnerable, looking at each other in the face. Lindsay has zero problem with that. She's like barely even looks at Pastor Cow. She swings her legs up on the couch. She turns straight at him and she is staring deeply into his eyes. And she's just like, oh, it's on, which is not a surprise, obviously. So she's saying she feels mistreated. She feels like rejected, you know, that she like they go from having sex multiple times to him not even wanting to hold her hand and that when the cameras are gone, she's feeling completely rejected, doesn't know what to think. And so she expresses that he expresses that he's kind of freaked out and he doesn't feel comfortable speaking up and speaking his feelings with her yet, because in general, he's like that when he's first getting to know someone. And he's obviously overwhelmed by her. She's a big personality. Well, and like his whole thing is all these sides that she has shown him. Right. right? So right. he keeps going back to the wedding was crazy. Yeah. The wedding was crazy. Yeah, like, he does. That obviously he said affected, it again at the after party. Yeah. So the wedding really affected it him. I don't know him. if it was lying down on the bench in the mid mid afternoon or what it was, but he definitely got felt some type of way because about he that. Knew she was wasted. Then we have the plane. But then they had a lovely. And they had a lovely night. Because they stayed up till four in the morning that night and Boston. watched the city, and she probably sobered up and. And they were intimate. And they had sex that night. And, and it was wonderful. Then they go on a plane, and she's getting called out by flight attendants, and getting in a fight with the lodge one. Then the bus situation. Yeah. Then the boat situation. Now yeah. we're back to lovey dovey. Let's we're flying kites together and eating meals. Right. And now we're getting pissed at this romantic dinner. And now we're back here and you're in my house and you're helping me out. Thank you so much for putting on but the hazmat suit. negate all of the red flags I've seen for and the last now, eight days. And you're throwing away all my shit. Like, it, yeah. it's just, it's a lot. So I totally understand where he's coming from. I do too. Like, he was trying not to cry at a certain point when Pastor Cal was He was, was just crying trying. at some point. Yeah. Just, yeah. Pastor Cal's just trying to get anything out of him. And I could just feel like he felt so bulldozed by her. He literally gets to the point where he says he doesn't feel like himself. And she just reaches and pushes more and more and more. She's a poker. And it pulls him away. And she basically is like, well, I've done nothing to make you feel that way. So basically like, well, I'm not going to take that on because that's a you problem. 
I don't, and Pastor Cal's like, Lindsay. And she's like, I don't even know what he said. It was just a run on sentence. I was like, oh my gosh. He's in tears. This is trying to explain his perspective. And you like, didn't even listen to him at all. Disrespecting him and simultaneously proving his point. He just eked out a little bit of feedback because Pastor Cal got it out of him. And you are just, and you're being so flippant. Like, even if you don't understand yet what you did that made him feel that way, take a second to take in that your actions have made him feel that way and follow up and find out how, like you, if you don't get it, if you're confused, do so. But like, gosh, it, yeah, it's just clearly she doesn't take feedback well, but she wants to believe she does. The funny part is then Pastor Kyle like sort of steps back and he's like, I need you both to know that you both got exactly what you asked for from each other. And now what we've got to like deal with is the reality of that. There's obviously perks of what you got from each other on paper. But if you've never had each other, like versions of each other in your life before, and that's what you thought you needed because you'd never had it. You've also never had the downsides that come yeah. with that personality. So bottom line, he feels he he literally says he feels like he's not in his own skin. He's feeling he do, he doesn't say this, but Pastor Cal tries to reiterate when she's being disrespectful. He's like, are you not clear? Like he feels like he's not in his own skin. And she's like, Oh, well, I know. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's because of everything he's going through right now. I mean, I completely get it. And he's like, no, you're not listening. He feels like he's not in his own skin because you're taking him over. You are smothering him. You are a lot. Okay, this is what a quote that I want to know your thoughts. He says, because you're a lot, you need to give yourself to him in doses. And you can tell that that hurt. And I agreed with everything he said up until that point, and I don't even know if I disagree with it. I just was like, whoa, that's a harsh way to say that and could be a hard to figure out when, like, the broader emphasis of this whole show is, like, be yourself. And then, of course, we talk about be yourself and be responsible for your behavior and bad behavior. Yes. But when he says, you're a lot, so give yourself to him in doses... What do you think? I agree. And the reason I agree is because if she keeps it up at this pace, because of this being the type of show that it is, Mm -hmm. and everything is all at once, and we have eight weeks to make a decision, and we're forcing all of this fast track, if she keeps going, it's already at an insane pace. Mm -hmm. If she keeps going at her speed, it's not going to like he's he's going to be done. Like it's too it's going to be too much. Yeah. So in a relationship that's different than this, like not in this format, I maybe would have a different answer, but as it pertains to this in them, like it's not she needs to chill. Yeah, and I think I think she's confused because she's doing her version of support. But what she's not realizing is that her version of support feels like he she's trying to take over his life. She can be a little condescending and snarky when she doesn't understand like why 
he does things a certain way or why he wants to handle this a certain way. And I think when he's like literally the water is up to his eyes in terms of actual logistical life shit that's going on right now that already sucks to deal with. And when someone is like in the name of support, totally bulldozing you, not hearing out what you would like to do, like that's a lot. And I feel like that's the part of it that she's not fully getting right now. Then after this, Pastor Cow also reiterates, you know, she needs to be affirmed as well. Like she needs to be affirmed for what she is doing. And so it's kind of like comes out like Lindsay's basically feeling completely unappreciated for what she's trying to do for him. And he can't show appreciation because he's like, the way you're doing it is stressing me the fuck out. And I wish that you wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. And it's like, if he would just affirm her and remind her, like, I am into you, which of course I think deep down we're like, I think he's questioning that, but I'm into you. I just don't need X, Y, Z, you know? And so I feel like, cause her whole demeanor changed when Pastor Cal went there. It was like so much tension dropped. It was like, yeah, at the end of the day, I just want to know that you still like me. Yeah. And then like, we can figure out the rest, you know? But even after this whole session, which in the big scheme of things feels like it was good because we touched on a lot and also gave them very specific ways that they need to like be trying to help each other. He's in his interview again and he's like, you know, Pastor Cal, Dr. Pepper, Viviana, they just, they're not living here every day. And I just wrote, wow, I think it's a lot worse behind closed doors. Yeah. And that is what, of course, drives us all nuts. I'm like, when are we going to get some overhead camera footage from the living room and the kitchen yeah, in the middle got, of the night? No, well, I mean, they ha- they've just started to live together. We'll, we'll get, we got to get some overhead camera. Yeah, because I'm just like, there's a lot of hearsay at this point about multiple people Yeah, where we're not seeing what's actually going on. And it's kind of driving me nuts. But I will say, an after party, they replay the moment from Pastor Cal where she says, like, which, of course, this is the first time he's watching the footage of this. Pastor Cal, her saying, like, I feel like you were all in and now you're all out. Like, you're hot, you're cold, I can't figure you out. And then he makes a point to say the two days prior to Pastor Cal coming were especially bad. And they had been sleeping in separate bedrooms. Then... Keisha was like, you know what? I'd also like to bring up something that Lindsay spoke on when she was here. And I want to give you a chance to to speak for yourself. So she's like, a lot of us were horrified when we found out that the romantic dinner that you planned for Lindsay on the honeymoon, where you then informed her that you would like to slow down and pull back. Lindsay told all of us on After Party that the reason she flipped out was because you guys had had sex three times that day, morning, midday, and right before dinner. And that changed all of our opinions and like gave everyone a certain kind of sympathy for Lindsay, you know, especially I think women who understand like the vulnerability of that whole way that she said it went down. So she's like, so what's your perspective of that? Did you have sex three times that day? He immediately is like, no. And then he proceeds to say they had sex the night of the wedding, which was super romantic and amazing. 
Then they had sex again on the honeymoon within the first couple days. And he said it felt off. And there wasn't that romantic. It wasn't the same as the first night, which I'm like, okay, calm down, Mark. Like, you did just me. It's not going to be the same every time. But his whole perspective was he told her after, like, he's big on, like, I need to feel good and emotionally connected to you for that, to for sex to feel good and right for me. Mm-hmm. And so he told her that. And he basically said on After Party that she's the kind of person who you can tell her that and she doesn't give a crap or respect your boundaries, which, of course, we're more used to hearing this story gender-wise swapped. but. Nonetheless, that's how he said he felt. And so then, so they did not have sex three times in that day. He said by that day, they had had sex 2.5 times in total since wedding night. Yeah. So that was like, I want to say that was like day four or five of the honeymoon that that shit went down. So So someone's not. Well, and then I guess we don't have to sit here for very long, but when he says, so the point five time, of course, everyone's like, huh? And he basically says she, when he, she comes on to him, he's not interested for the reasons he said. She doesn't care and decides to start self-pleasuring. We could have just left that at point five, as point five. I just, that was like so personal to say. Yes. What do you think of him revealing that? I think that we should have just left that as 0.5. I think, I don't think you should have said it. I think it's a little, well, that was an awkward time for that your father to walk in. That was a great time for my dad to be peeking um, into the studio. I think it was, I, I, it was a little too personable to reveal. And I don't really think that that was necessary. His, yeah. His yeah. Place. Like, he, uh, I just, I would be so mortified. But I guess she also announced to the world that. I mean, she's. I'm kind of mortified right now. Should we? Can we move on? She is so harsh. Babe, stop. Don't be that way. So, anyway, he also reiterated at after party that the wedding was a lot. So, I just, I don't know. I don't think there's. I don't know that they're going to figure it out. Bonkers. Yeah. Next week looks explosive and they're like fighting in public in front of everyone with like. Low digs. Low digs. Both of them at each other. Like, be- like really below the belt. I was like, <gasps> so I don't know. I'm so bummed because when they're at their best, there's so much to be hopeful for with them. And the tricky thing is, is like we've seen some high highs here, you know? know? And so it's really like we know highs. that there's this potential here, but it's like, are you guys going to like... You know, I, and so much of this week is like compromising, letting your guard down and dropping the stubbornness. I think that's kind of just like a theme throughout. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, let's move on to She Who Must Not Be Named. Voldemort and Chris. Voldemort and Chris. Oh, my goodness. Well, whew, we have resolution. Yeah, we have victory here, friends. But... Boy, did we take an interesting bath. Oh, my God. I know. To get there. So, really interesting. We open with him moving into the apartment. And he's like, I'm moving into the apartment because I always plan to. And that's what I committed to from the beginning. 
And I was like, this is absurd. Like literally absurd, but it must be 100% about his contract with Lifetime. And this is something that everybody has been talking about online, like on all the boards, various message boards, which is there is stuff in the contract. Nobody can solidify it because the last contract that we have, like all these sites have had access to is a few years old. But there is something in the contract that says you pay a $50,000 fine. If you are the one to end filming, if if you try and end it early, the process, and you don't agree to continue to be filmed, whether you're with them or not, which honestly gives so much more perspective with even like the Chris and Paige situation, mm. I feel like... So are they still going to be on the show? Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if like the producers and the network made some sort of concession with him because this was so demoralizing and it upsets fans and it confuses us when we're watching people like continue to be uh submitted to like really shitty behavior well people are gonna get tired if they have to keep watching Alyssa every week just work on herself like that so that's why there's a part of me that's like because it's also just as stupid for him to, quote, move into the apartment because it's what I was committed to if he knows that they have no intention as a couple of being together, regardless of the fact that— I think he just brought a duffel bag. He's not bringing he's silverware and, and He's cups. there to prove this point. Yeah. He meets with his friend. They—what <laughs> do, what, what do you think they do, guys? Huh? They go disc golfing, and we get some interesting uh, footage here. There's slow mo <laughs> shots. You know what? I give them props for giving him a little disc golf moment that was as like as little dorky as it could have been. It was like They're slow like, We're motion. We're gonna give him like some as some cool athletic slow mo to yeah. try and make him like and here's boost the thing. His self-esteem. Here's the thing. It's not cool. No. I don't think. It's not what. Um, I don't. As someone who has disc, disc golf, this did not make me be like, "Oh, I need to go disc golf anytime soon." I look <laughs> so cool doing this. I don't think that there's going to be a waiting list to join NIFA from this footage. <laughs> there might be. You never know. Good job. Good job giving here, Chris, his uh, his disc golf moment. Yeah. So something that needs to be said before this is that he makes it clear in an interview that basically he's hearing more and more from other cast members about things Alyssa is saying that she has, of course, as we all know, never told him to his face. But through this process, he has basically been like talking to cast members. We find out in After Party that they all hang out as much as possible in the complex. They have rooftop meetings. They're constantly visiting each other, hanging out every day, which I find pretty cute overall. So he's probably constantly like talking with the guys. And then they are translating messages to him that they're hearing from the wives, that Alyssa's saying to them, whatever. And he says, you know, I've been hearing from other cast members that apparently my political views are a problem for her. I don't have the right tattoo. So he's heard that story now, like from others as well. And just some different things. He reiterates, like, of course, none of these things has she ever asked me to my face about. So then we cut to... Alyssa with her mom to have a debrief, right? So 
you haven't seen the way he treats me, though, mom. Because mom was like, I mean, he seemed nice. He was no cowboy. Okay. Um, if is, that you, how you, is that how you want to be treated? If you want to find Have a cowboy. Have you watched Yellowstone? <laughs> sure. And go move somewhere else. Like, not in Boston, ma'am. She, she goes, you know, she's describing, like, trying to make her case again to her mom. Just to hear that he likes to debate and and argue and the biggest things for him, you know, just that he lacks respect. It's all here that I heard the first night that he does some of these things. It's not experienced, witnessed, anything. And then we get the huge wild card fact that I don't think any of us were expecting, which is that he... She heard saw on his social on media his Facebook that he had posted something about defund the police, you know, probably a couple years ago with the whole uprisings in June and July of 2020, when that was being explored by a lot of people who would have never even known what that meant before. Unfortunately, you know, that became a huge political point of contention that we don't even need to get into. But the bottom line is, most people don't actually know what it means. It sounds very scary and harsh, not great branding. And we're not going to get into it here. But I am convinced that she brought that up because she believed she set that whole thing up because that was how she got her mom on board with rejecting Mm. him. I think they probably share similar political views. She brings, so mom goes, now, what are the ways your values aren't aligned, Alyssa? Which obviously they've talked about this on the phone already. And then Alyssa goes, well, you, I mean, I was just shocked to hear that this post with defund the police. And then they go on this like really pathetic attempt at like, I don't know, I guess advocating the other side, which is, I was like, this is just all very elementary. Why are we doing this on Mathis? Like, no. And she's just like, you know how much I respect our first responders, mommy. It's like, okay, this, you had to pull this out of your ass to try and see if this was a way you could get viewers on your side and or mom who shares your political beliefs and thus has demonized, I guess, anyone who would, would, even discuss that, right? You know where Again, that's going to work? Not on this podcast. Yeah. Tell you that much right now. Yeah. So clearly the bottom line is you have never asked him to his face anything about his personal beliefs, why he thinks what he thinks, why he ever posted certain things. Could have been a human conversation, but I also she's think, not going to have that. I also think that this is the catalyst of why she is able to say he's so disrespectful. Mm. Like he oh doesn't respect. Is that it? I think so. I Because she's because like, the way he lives his sense. life, he's so, like he just doesn't have respect for people. He's so disrespectful. Just because you might not have respect for a certain organization or a certain part of an organization does not mean you're a disrespectful person towards everyone. No. That's what I honestly think. But, How great. I mean, you couldn't write a better, you couldn't write it better. If it was on an ABC, if it was on an ABC show, you'd be like, oh, that's so cheesy. There's no way. He's literally disc golfing, sitting, having his heart to heart with his best friend who is a policeman. 
Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think it's like the greatest, the greatest like just image of like, see, these things do not, not one thing defines a person. They are nuanced. And also all of these issues are nuanced. And just because people try to tell you they aren't and freak you out doesn't mean that they're not. And you were married to a human being who would have had a conversation with whatever he thinks about this. But clearly his cop friend is doing just damn fine. And doesn't feel like his friend is disrespectful. And they've so, had conversations. LOL. She hasn't asked. Uh, she hasn't asked him anything. Right. They haven't had these conversations, and he alludes to it. He's like, "I think she's probably concerned about. Might be concerned about some stuff." Yeah. We haven't talked about it. I would like the opportunity to He's talk like, about it. Does she know you're a cop and you're yeah, my best it's friend? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. So, th- what really just twisted my arm was when she then ends her time being like. You know, I just need trust and honesty, respect and good communication in any relationship. And we just don't have that right now. And I need to see if, I mean, there's even a possibility. Am I living in the upside down right now? Like, am I? How dare you? Uh, The only reason that we don't have any of those things is because you have not communicated with your husband like he was a human being since the day you married him. The audacity of you. Well, it got worse in the Pastor Cal thing. Oh, yeah. So, so then let's just get into that. We're in, well, Pastor Cal comes. It's heartbreaking because she pretty much right away says, so Pastor Cal's like, so when did you first realize that you didn't have interest in him? And she's like, when I saw him at the altar. I was like, at least this is the most honest she's ever been. But you could tell that that really like stabbed him. That was one honest moment in a line of otherwise Trash. bullshit statements. Yeah. Her whole th- her whole move here oh. is to make it seem like she's actually trying. She's been victimized and she continues to try by just being She's there. like, if I I know I might have shown millions of America Americans that I'm not like this, but let me try to convince Pastor Cal I've really been trying. Right. As though they haven't been watching all the scenes. Yes. Which I really loved. That Pastor Cal did not back down with any time someone tried to say something happened and it didn't happen that way. Yeah, he's like, I saw the footage. He'd pull the receipts out. It was so good. I'm just like, she literally is like, I just, I felt like I kept trying and like, I just keep getting pushed into the ocean underwater like a cinder block. Excuse me. And then she's like, so I'm here today to see what we can do. I mean, I've seen glimmers of possibility during paddleboarding and, I mean, tennis. When he was falling in the water, embarrassing himself over and over and again. did not help him and made fun of him. That was your Wait, favorite no, part of this marriage. the thing that killed me the most is tennis? When your disrespectful ass showed up in flip-flops? Didn't crack a smile try and then went to the sidelines to weep and say his hand motions were aggressive go fuck yourself Alyssa honestly there's nothing else to say you are trying to gaslight the Mathis fanship and we are not falling for it and then she's then oh oh it gets worse there are many reasons why living here just it wouldn't work for me one of them, I mean, we both have big dogs, and Pastor Cal is not impressed by that. She's like, but also, I'm allergic to dogs, and I've on, I've had my dog for 10 years, and I've only just recently stopped getting hives sometimes, 
Excuse me. You run a dog rescue. You run a dog rescue. You couldn't have come up with a worse fucking lie. Can we just say, okay. (laughs) There's evidence all over the internet of her with dogs. What have dogs done to anyone to get continually used as an excuse? (laughs) Jasmina pulls the same bullshit. I can't live here because I have to find a daycare school for my dog. Oh, right. It's it's like, stop putting things on dogs. Yes. Like, come on. The dog is not the scapegoat. No. Dogs continue to show you unconditional love and it's actually really fucked up for you to use them as a pawn and your bad behavior. Blame them for the things they actually do. (laughs) Like, Like, come on. Bark and shit and pee and Yeah, but we don't need to, this is, this is, I. Yeah, I was just dying. I'm like, she literally has a dog rescue. Yeah, I just, I was rolling my eyes. So she said she's been trying to look for things that are good here. But she hasn't found any. I was like, you're a bitch. But she would still like to see how we could move forward. Liar. And Pastor Cal's like, okay, can you look him in the eye and tell him that? She's so calculated with the way she says things too. You know, she's like thinking about each next word to try and avoid lying while still being deceptive, you know? And she can't look him in the eye. My purpose of coming here today was to stop the pattern we were on and figure out how we can move forward from this place that we are in. I'm like, shut up. You're trying to find out if there's still any hope for you to get to live in this high-rise apartment for at least a month. All of this led to... Chris a finally very satisfying moment. saying, for me, this is my, my decision, decision day. day. And oh. I'm like, great line. Praise. Did you practice it? Was it planned? Probably, but a great line no, nonetheless. So organically, I loved it. <laughs> he wants a divorce. Pastor Cal asks, so are you want a divorce? Are you done? He goes, I want a divorce. divorce. Chris from the top rope. Yeah. Love it. Loved it. She's, meanwhile, crying, dabbing her eyes incessantly in the most annoying way with her tissue. And she literally, through tears, continues to boggle the mind. I just feel like I worked so hard to get here, and I never thought this would happening to me happen to me. The arguing, the disrespect. I'm like... Oh my God. He's being so nice. He just sits there. He sits there because he's obviously figured out like, oh, there's no hope with this woman. So like, I'm just going to let her talk her bullshit and let her, her behavior speak for itself when the shit airs. Thank God Pastor Cal did not try to push this. I would have actually killed him if he tried to push this for the sake of, you know, sometimes we feel like they go too far with pushing for commitment. Yeah. So... The person that I married didn't even want to try and be married to me is what he said. And it's like, that's literally the thesis statement of the whole thing. She throws the key on the counter and is like, I just, I don't really have anything to say. 
It's like, yeah, you have it. He's like, wish you the best. And then, of course, because the situation couldn't get any more awkward, she forgets her phone. Oh. She has to come back in the apartment. He, he hands it to her. It's just great. And Love then she, it. in her last hallway tragic email uh, interview, <laughs> I don't know. I just have said it from the beginning. I just want respect. I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. Dabbing the tears. We got one last. I'm a good person. Hopefully, it's the last one of the season. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. And I was just so... He seemed very emboldened. And I'm so glad. I think meeting up with friends was really crucial for him. Because when he met up with his bestie, and they talked about... Remember when he told... We forgot to say this. When he told his friend the story about the psychic and the eagle. Oh, yeah. Friend was not having it. His friend just goes, no. No. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. This is like us. Just no. No, she didn't. <laughs> so I go, Chris. We love you. We are sorry for what you have been through. But the ladies are going to be swamping your DMs at this point because you are a good man who is ready for the right person. And when he was, like, describing how he was feeling and he was feeling hopeful, I was just like, yes, go, Chris. Like, you do not deserve another second of this. Someone, you know, someone's joined Anifa. He's going to find my prediction. He finds a girl through Anifa in no. the next six months. no. She's not going to be there. Only time will tell. She will not be there. Okay, let's move on to Elijah Wan and Katina. Let's do it. Which, we open our time with them, with him talking about the kitchen cooking my wife bullshit again. And his explanation for it is, you know, when I lived alone, I could just grab some peanut butter and bread and just go, you know, that's what I would do, but... Now that I've got a wife, I mean. Excuse me? Excuse me. Like, I just do not accept this. Like, I don't understand. Where is he? What manual is he getting this from? Because he's so committed to it. I'm like, excuse me, no. You can absolutely get your hunk of bread and peanut butter on your way out. He makes it seem like there's some rule. He goes, well, I know I can't do that now. Yeah, as if like like my hands are tied. Can't do it. (laughs) I mean, the marriage Forbades it. (laughs) So that just pissed me off. I do not accept. And like anytime he goes here, which we'll get into more with Pastor Cal time, you just see Katina's face has this like nervous smile. She's not having it, but like also doesn't fully fight it. Which is a little painful to watch, to be honest. And I did, I do feel that sometimes, like overall, like as much as she likes to sit, like I just feel like she still sort of lets O call the shots more than he should. Yeah. Um, but let's what we both realized is we did not go to Katina's space. We did not. Unless we have amnesia. Don't think so. So that's interesting. It's and not like there's enough to talk about, not enough to talk about with Olajuwon's <laughs> right, house. So, oh, he has got this adorable little craftsman dream. Very cute. It, I think he owns it. I mean, like they remodeled, you know, he makes it seem like he does, you know, because he's so proud of his basement gym design, which... Consists of a walk-in closet, a lime green painted wall, 
a treadmill and some free Lots weights. Lots of equipment smashed together. But they put a TV on the roof on the wall, so it's a home gym. I'm like, I can't even do a full lunge, like wall to wall here. <laughs> but yeah, over- where's the room for the burpees? Exactly. But uh, there's no stretching. I mean, you can't stretch in here. No dynamic stretching. (laughs) So I just find it's interesting to me. Like there was, he was obsessed with her approval and really wanted her to like worship every element of this home. So he's got this like fervent pride and excitement about her seeing it. But he really, really needs her to love everything exactly as is with like not even a shred of awareness that maybe it could really use like a feminine touch or a little more style, right? And she- Point in case, the cafe, the cafe bistro curtains. (laughs) From like- In the kitchen. A Hilton in 1988, like literally. And he's defending them. It's like from an Airbnb in Big Bear or something like that. Yeah, that's That's, like super dated. And he just, I mean, it's fine. Like you can tell in his mind, he's like, why are these not okay? This is where my coffee maker is. It makes perfect sense. I have themed curtains for every room in the house. Like, do you have a toilet painting above the toilet? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) not a good look. So that was just, he seems really obsessed with her approving it and kind of like he's forgetting that she will not only hopefully be moving into this home at the end of the eight weeks, but she will be bringing stuff and decor. And I don't know that he's fully processed of that yet, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, she's definitely, she's like, the house itself is an eight. The decor, I would say, is a five. And I'm like... Elijah Wan. I mean, don't be offended by that. Yeah, just own it. I mean, it's not like there's really anything with personal touch in there. Five is generous. Yeah, I think so. So then we have Pastor Cal comes over. It is announced that Katina has made spaghetti and garlic bread, which is a classic filling meal for the non cook cooks, including, you know, like it's what that's it's the best thing to make when you're like super lazy or you run out a bunch of. a bunch of shit in your. She's like, I made this. Yeah, she's so proud. Just like, like Elijah's like, I'm. Look what I made. Look at this workout room. I, I made know. this. Oh wait, which brings me to. I thought it was hilarious that Pastor Cal immediately calls out because he. So she says he's like, Wow, it smells good. And she's like, I made spaghetti and bread because you know him. And he goes, Oh, oh yeah, let's talk about that. I need you to know that he did not put this as a deal breaker in the interview process. We did forms. We did assessments, many long interviews. This was never brought up once, which I love that he said that. And he's saying it like he's rousting him. But then Elijah Wan is like, I mean, I have a level for my wife. We talked about it. And, you know, I'm like, no, no. And Pastor Cal's basically like, dude. It's not 1950. Like, yeah, you got to challenge his calls him out on the horseback thing. Oh, and, yeah. You know, yeah. like he's like, I saw the tape. Yeah. I, I saw you on the that. tape. I kind of felt like he he basically was like, I'm I noticed from what I watched in general that Elijah Wan can be like very much kind of my way or the highway. And if you're feeling things that are inconveniencing him getting his way, 
he can be a little dismissive like he was on the horses when he's mix like, that I in. don't give a fuck that you're anxious. Go. You could do it. Mix that in with oh a God. little. The gym, by the way. I remember their gym moment. Yeah. Mix that in with all this cooking nonsense. Yeah. And it does seem like a little outdated. Yeah. And so. A lot outdated. Yeah. And he basically is like, Katina, are you okay? Like, are you speaking up? I need to make sure that you're speaking your mind. And then we move into the intimacy question. They say they have not been intimate. And Elijah Wan ends up implying that it's mostly his choice. Um, and then Pastor Cal takes that and runs with it and is kind of like, well, Katina, are you feeling a little rejected? And like, she says, yeah, she says, yeah, like, I guess I do just worry that I'm not, he's not attracted to me. And I will say one thing that Elijah one does a lot that would be a pet peeve to me and he's going to have to fix this. He does a lot of, oh, you know that, you know that. Oh, she knows that. She knows that. She knows how I feel about her. She uh, knows I think she's not like, fair, dude. Like, Stop. It's not a given. You've known each other for eight days, nine days. You need to be specific and explicit and verbal. Yeah. Like why? Oh, she knows. Anyways, a few prongs here. A, it's a little hard for me to believe that they haven't had sex by now. Honestly, like even their energy together, the way that he is so obsessed with her, but also like a little bit controlling the way that she almost seems to have gotten more acquiescent to him as we've gone on with the days. They seem like, I don't know. It seems like they had had sex and she's told him like, I don't want anybody to talk about it. But then what even confuses me more is in the after party. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but she basically says, no, we weren't having sex and it was my choice too. Like that wasn't. That was not properly characterized. He, I th- yeah. yeah I, I mean, I yeah. do think that she lets people speak for her a lot because she doesn't always, like, have the words right away. You yeah, know? And, and that whole question about, you know, he goes, Katina, are you, are you being heard? Mm-hmm. I kind of had a hard time fully buying her answer. Yeah, no, for sure. She was like... I mean, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I am. Oh, yeah. I, I get heard. You know, and I'm like, are you though? Do you I know? know? Like, I, I don't know. Like, she doesn't seem like she's super in touch with her own feelings to me. But once again, all we can go off of is what she, her level of self awareness to it, yeah. you know? And it's like, well, if she doesn't see it's a problem, then what can we say? Exactly. What can we do? I mean, he gives them, he, of course, Pastor Kyle, like, encourages them, like, have sex if yeah. you want to. Like, you don't have to beat yourself up and like have all these rules. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Overall, pretty stable week yeah, from them. Like it wasn't too high, it wasn't too low. It was just fine. For it was sure. good. Yeah. Um, Steven Noy. Okay. So the apartments are fun and interesting. No huge takeaway from uh Noy's place. Mm, I have I one can't big really remember. Okay, My go. big takeaway is that he was being so damn weird about the dog. Oh no, that's a takeaway. I was just trying to remember the architect. Oh, her yeah, place is like it's fine. Whatever, it's cute. It's fine. I was baffled by this. Why was he acting so bizarre? He was acting like her having this little dog is like the biggest commitment he's being asked of this entire process. He gets nauseous when he has to pick up dog poo. Yeah, I'm like, That's grow, very weird. grow up. And you, like, yeah, just wait. Not like we have kids, but 
like, just wait till you have kids. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> but he's obs- like, he's, he, I don't know. I just don't like, he keeps giving her a hard time for everything. And I'm like, dude, you just don't get it. You, you, you don't have a dog and that much is clear and you will get it really soon. Yeah. He's like three beds. Wow. Now oh, all okay. the stuff. He- I'm like, what? It's perfectly normal to want to create little soft spots for your dog around your place. <laughs> soft spots. <laughs> Everything he said, with the exception of one thing, which I'll say, but everything he said, I was like, dude, like, settle down about He's the dogs. super anti-dog in bed. Well, no. Now, that I, – I am a huge fan of dog in bed, but I will say – When you haven't been a dog in bed person. When you haven't been a like dog in bed person and someone is like, no, they're sleeping in my bed and you just got married to them and you're like, this is my new wife. I kind of just want to be with her in bed. Like – I kind of, I give him that a little bit. Yeah, but we know how it is when you have dogs that are used to sleeping in your bed. If you try to change that on them, they will not be okay. Like if we did that to Frida and Moon, they'll just be screaming and crying outside. The yeah, whole I guess it's just her. I, I She's just her, being matter of fact about her it. Like, non, her non-compromise, <laughs> this is the beginning of it and it continues on. And I'm, it's oh. not the best look. Like okay. her being like, no, the dog, the dog will be in bed. Sorry, I don't care. I and think it, it's kind of funny because it's unassuming from Noi because 80% of the time she's very like go with the flow. She's not, you know, she's not a shit stirrer. No. So I don't really mind that like she's got a few random super particulars. I don't mind it, but I will say this, this specific dog point about the dog in bed, I see his perspective and his point of view. Okay, well, you know what would concern me? Is if I went to my new husband's apartment and he had a point of pride about every single room being lined with LED neon lights and he was like bragging about it. That would concern me. He also suggested, should they gather all of the, the LED tubes and bring them to the new loft for ample lighting. Uh, I, I. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about when they were sitting on the bed in his room? And then he proceeds to be like, look, it actually has all these cool features. It gets so cool. He presses some buttons. It starts strobing, discoing, seizuring. And I just immediately had this realization in this moment that he is, he like, he thinks the hottest sex ambiance is like his strobing multicolor LEDs. Like in his mind, that is as hot as it gets. He was like, and look at this. Look at what we can, I mean, isn't this, it changes colors when they're sitting on the bed. <laughs> I was in, I was baffled. I mean, I like, <clears throat> this is like no, these are the things see. that you just never see. Co- like I never saw <laughs> uh, wall decals. Like I, I never saw that coming to that degree. I never saw no that th- this this I can't even. I'm at a lot. I'm literally at a loss for words. He's like, look at these lights. Let's put lights over here. No, no, check this out now. Blue. They're blue. <laughs> hey, no, 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 check this out. Watch, watch. This this red line's gonna go all the way across They're the room. They're in every oh, it's gonna room stroke. except the bathroom and the hallway. And then it's like, should we put LED lights there? Do you do you, do you like them? Check out. I just got the wattage increased on these bad boys. They're they're <laughs> just a little bit more subtle. I can change the mood. The it's wattage. like 
I know. It's yeah, so um, much. And then he's, I mean, it's not really that big of a deal with this. But I mean, overall, his whole apartment, this is the funny part. It has like no personality whatsoever. There's just free weights everywhere. Free weights, boring furniture. I think one painting that he probably got from an Ikea and LED lights. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, he didn't claim to be a stylish person at any point. Just the fixation I on know. the lights I know. was was a really He in, had a lot in, of pride. An interesting The things that, that um particularly the dudes get proud of in their spaces on this show is pretty hilarious. It's like Desert Island. You could bring three things with you. Okay, my LED lights. <laughs> Gonna bring my home gym, my Keurig, my foreman, and a couple jobs quotes. <laughs> some decals. Some decals. Or maybe just some computer paper. Uh, so Pastor Cal comes. We get into... This the- two to three kid contention thing it's is really way dumb. more serious than it needs to be. I know. It's but way she, more serious. I mean... I understand I, her reasons for it. Sorry. I do too. But this is when I really was a little baffled by Noi. So then he goes, because Steve's whole thing is, I'm not completely anti. Yes, it sounds like a lot right now, but I'm not even anti. But can we have the first two kids first? Like, can we like. Or ah, ah kid? Ah kid. It just sounds really intense to be like, I will not budge on this thing when we have zero kids. And then. Pastor Cal brings up what's like, he elaborates on what Steve mentioned before. Cause she's like, no, it's my one non-negotiable, absolutely non-negotiable. And he's like, look, Noi, have you ever considered that there's a lot of reasons why a third might actually not be possible? I mean, it takes a long time to try and have one kid. What if you physically can't? What if your second kid has special needs that actually requires the energy of two kids? What if blah, 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 blah. And she literally sits there and basically admits she's never even considered the possibility that it wouldn't be possible. I'm just like, ma'am, that's all Steve is saying is, can we be open to possibility? And I'm sorry, but like, you're in your early 30s and you've never considered that maybe it's going to be a lot to try and squeeze in three. And there's so many factors that could make it just possibly not possible. That's it. Yeah, and very she was bizarre. Very like I had never thought of it. I was like, no way. Come on. So yeah, I mean, in that sense, I will give you. She has like very strong black and white rigidity about some random shit. And then we get into the money job stuff, which we always knew was coming. I think that we've got some new layers here, which are that we are finding out from Steve that bottom line, he has tons of opportunities. He is uh. He work like he does tech shit. Web design. Web design. Or he can do web design and get by like freelance by doing that. Yeah. And so he's like, he's interested in between photography and web design, like basically like patchworking, which for anybody, you know, like we get that a little more as like a lot of our friends are artists. Like I was actively pursuing acting for a very long time. So I understand that to people who have always done nine to five paycheck every two weeks, it's scary. It's like a scary prospect. But if what he is saying is true, which that's, I mean, 
is this all just an idea or is this like you've been through huge swaths of your life where you have successfully done this? I think she might be blowing it way out of proportion because he's basically saying, I can make what I was making by doing all of this. And she's, of course, super freaked out because that's not like a guaranteed same check every two weeks. So my big question here is, is this a case of he's being overly idealistic and we actually don't really know what he can bring in when he starts looking for work again? Or did he, you know, did he spend his whole road, five month road trip finding himself after he was laid off? like subsidizing himself by doing all of these freelance jobs. And it was like such a success, you know, yeah. if that's the it's case, it's just hard to, it's hard to if know. That's the I don't case, know. I think that she needs to calm down yeah. because it's like, if he's able to pay the bills and like bring in a comparable amount, but with this other format, like you need to be open to that. Yeah, I agree. I think that, sh- yeah. I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts? On yeah, that? no. I mean, he's very much like, I don't know if I can sacrifice my lifestyle you know, working nine to five gives me no time to be creative and like pursue the things that he wants to pursue. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't know the details. I don't know the specifics of it. So I, yeah, I can't I give like a, an, ac- an accurate assessment. But he does get, I think, the first in-depth perspective of why finances are really important to yeah. her and why money fear is really important, which surprised me. I thought they would have already gotten into that before, but she basically implied that she's just been really broad with him. And so they went more in-depth. And I think Pastor Cal wanted her to say more, and she was not willing to fully go there. But basically, she lived in, like, dirt, dirt poverty yeah. for so much of her life that, like, it's a true fear and that she would ever end up back there, which obviously they won't like clearly. But when you have that kind of driving fear from trauma, like it makes it all more magnified. Another stable week. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. I, mean, I it was wasn't like, like excited by any means about them. No, but yeah, no, nothing, but catastrophic. nothing like yeah, catastrophic. Final couple, final couple. Let's do it. Jasmina and Michael. Oh man. Okay, I have so many mixed feelings and about this couple, about what we saw. I am have different reasons that I'm frustrated with both of them. I do not want know why they're still getting in their own way. And then I have fears that like there's a lot we don't know and I cannot figure it out for the life of I don't me. know what's going on. They, they start off and Jasmina just seems totally off. I yeah. can't tell if this is her personality. Yeah. Or if it's because of him, uh, because of him, she just seems like cold yeah. and weird. Yeah, and I'm like, it, uh, like the way she's talking to him, her hand but gestures. She's still mad at him. He's wronged her in some way. Yeah, it's just like okay, I don't know. So she, her whole thing is beating around the bush that she's not going to be spending the night. The first couple nights. The first couple nights. She has a dog, and she needs to find a new school for her dog. Which is why I'm so weirded out by this. Which is why she can't be. I'm like, that's what she says. City. Now, Michael does the what I think is the right move here. Uh huh. He goes and kind of puts his foot down, and is like, "Well, if you do that, I think you're sending the wrong message about where you are in this relationship. It's not a good place. For it's relationship not gonna good place. And like for all of the times that us being like, Michael, you need to like step out more, lead with confidence." I think he's doing that, and she just still shits in his face and is like, well, that's not what I'm going to do. 
I thought it was funny. She's like, me not moving in for my first couple days isn't about space. It's for my dog, Phoebe. But it's also good because I'll get some space. <laughs> yeah. She, full, she ends up like, kind of essentially admitting that it really is about wanting space yeah. from him. But look, again, I find myself baffled. Because if he really has been repeatedly aggressive and yelling at her for, like, in random disagreements day after day... I would be supportive of her, her needing space. space. Exactly. But because I we have yet know. to see any evidence of this version of his personality, I am very confused and have a hard time fully taking in what she's saying at face value. However, Michael, 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 his behavior after this truly gave me like so many red flag fears of past weird liar castmates because he was strange about this. Okay. Oh, so this what is we bizarre. find out. So, okay. When give they first the, are talking the in the new apartment, they're in the kitchen. I think it's the same conversation. It's like, they're both going to look at it for the first time. And she's also making it known. I'm not sleeping over tonight. So they're checking it out. It's a little awkward and tense already. They're in there. And she, is like, have you ever lived with a woman before? He says, no. And I personally right away thought it was weird. I'm like, you have four sisters. So is this your roundabout? Do you mean just romantically? You know? But. Which in his mind, it means romantically. Well, apparently. But I think very weird to not specify. Yeah. So then. We go to her place first. He meets the dog. Very cute dog, by the way. We saw her for a flash of a second. Mm. We go to his place. His place is a little more. Dark blue curtains and a new painting over the bed. Oh, the painting? Very bizarre. Baffling. Baffling. I'm like, I think he thinks this makes him look really like artsy and eclectic, but it honestly just looks creepy because it isn't cohesive with any. There's no cohesive aesthetic in this room. It's not even nailed to the wall. It's leaned up against his headboard, and there's nothing that pulls it in with anything else. And it's like a blatantly sensual photo of this woman's body very giantly above his bed. Just interesting choice. Now, in addition to these interesting choices, and we're going to get back to this whole roommate situation. He has Christmas lights hung on the inside of his house. Yeah. Christmas lights. Yeah. Now... Putting all of this together, this is how everyone can help each other out. Olajuwon has a home gym, correct? Uh-huh. Steve, Noi was clearly annoyed at just random workout equipment <laughs> strewn yeah. through the house. Yeah. Okay. Olajuwon needs to help out his boy, Steve, and help him make a home gym. Okay. Then, to pay it forward, Steve needs to go over to Michael's house and teach him a little bit of thing about interior lighting and bring his LED lights over and fix it because Michael just has Christmas lights. He needs some LED action going around. It's not any better. Nah, I'm just saying that everyone can learn from each other here. It's a win-win-win. They all are part of a club of terrible home goods aesthetic. And they, Mark they can bring a Keurig. Bring the Keurig over. Have coffee. Do this all in a day. Put some burgers on the Foreman grill. Everyone helps everyone. Okay. So 
Yes, we have. We we love a twinkle light, to be honest. And when we were younger, we totally left some twinkle lights up in the living room, like after Christmas, that were white because we thought it looked chic. Because we were still fresh, like enough years fresh from college porch twinkle light life that that made sense to us at the time i've made enough mistakes to not do any interior lighting projects but it's mid 20s aesthetic not 30s in my opinion um but okay he clearly so it starts to like we're obviously building towards something we'd all seen a version of this in the preview anyway but like she asks, she's asking about the decor in the living room, including the Christmas lights. And he's sort of acting like, oh, I don't know, like, oh, I didn't do that. That's not mine. That's not mine. And she's like, okay, so like, it's all your roommates? Like, who is your roommate? Do we know? Like, she's kind of like starting to wonder about the roommate because he hasn't said anything about them. Cut to clearly one of the roommates did not want to be on camera. So we just see a front door shut. And then we have Jasmina side-eyeing him like, wait. Well, she's like, are your roommates here? And he goes, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Maybe we're around. It's just so he's bizarre. He's being really weird. And he's then acting it, like he's hiding something. Yeah. And then he, right before this happens, he's like, I don't, I don't really feel like I live here. I'm kind of in and out all yeah, the time. It's I'm like, what's here. going on? It's like... I mean, I'm sorry. I just do not believe for a second that he did not think that, we, like, we do not have a problem with you living with the opposite sex on its face. We have a problem with you being weird about yeah, it. Yeah, being shady and hiding it and acting like there's something to hide. That's when you start tripping people out. And remind everyone, like, mind us, Jasmina informs us that on the wedding night, she specifically introduced him to a male best friend who she also lived with. And she clearly thought that was important. Like, you need to know this guy's important in my life. He's had multiple opportunities so to talk opportunities about his roommates. Earlier today in the kitchen, yeah. he said, I have never lived with a woman. Then, so clearly the roommate walked out and Jasmina was surprised and was probably like, hi, nice to meet you. Jasmina's pissed when this girl leaves and is like, so why didn't you tell me? Were you ever going to tell me? It was all very shady. I don't understand. It feels like there's something to hide. So then he's being weird. He's like, did I say I haven't had a female roommate? I don't remember that. She's like, look, I don't. So they're now they're back at the, the apartment. She's like, I don't know if I misheard you, but in my recollection, you did not tell me that you lived with females, a female. And then you definitely didn't tell me that you lived with two. And she's basically being so like, did weird. I mishear something? And he just is, he's being so weird. He won't look her in the eye. He's like, I mean, I just thought it'll come up when it comes up. And then his, basically his big line of defense is, I wasn't hiding anything from you on purpose. Okay. I should have told you, but I wasn't purposefully withholding. And I was like, Michael, you were though, I think, because there were so many natural opportunities for this to have come up organically in conversation. The fact that you chose not to say anything feels like it was a really concerted choice, 
right? I'm just like, why are you lying about this? It does not make sense. Well, okay. And I'm trying to give him like, I mean, he's wrong for doing it, but I'm like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that there's nothing weird about this. No. But it's just like, dude, she lives with a male roommate. It's not like, like this is. Well, this is what I'm saying. My theory is that he came into this nervous maybe, and maybe having not really processed it all until the wedding was upon him, like, oh shit, depending on who I'm with, they might be uncomfortable with the fact that I live with two women. And that could sound weird on its face. Yeah. Even though it's perfectly copacetic and fine yeah. and appropriate. Maybe they'll be a little weirded out about that. Not really looking forward to that conversation because then I'm going to have to like explain why they don't need to be worried about yeah. it. However, then when your new wife tells you the first night, that she actually has a male roommate, you would think that if that was the vibe he came in with, he would be so relieved and be like, oh my God, I I live with girls. Like, I thought you would have thought that was weird. I wasn't looking forward to that conversation, but like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. you live with a guy, I live with girls. We both get that it's not weird, but he didn't do that. And I will say my one disappointment with the Pastor Cal of it all is that we didn't focus on this specific incident. Uh, like, clear, they yeah. must have all talked about it and they just didn't show it to us because there was a point where he's like, look, honesty and transparency is very crucial, Michael. And then she was like, and Jasmina, forgiveness is very crucial. But I just was like, we are all so fresh off of this situation and none of us get why Michael is acting the way he is so like if we could please get some clarification and some accountability here from pastor Kyle, i would really like to see it so i was disappointed that we didn't like well it's like there's address this i was too and then you're like oh they have other things to argue about right that like are also big issues like this whole thing about she says every single time the cameras aren't there the cameras aren't there every time they have an argument he yells at her i know and he's like, no. He admits. He goes, can I get condescending? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I, like, talk down to? Yes, but I do not yell. And he's very, very, like, yeah. on about that. Which is real. It's so confusing because they are both adamant. They're both adamant from their point of view. So she feels like he he is constantly loud and aggressive and has a tone off camera. And he's saying... And oh, and she also felt like the fact that he admitted this has been a problem in past relationships before, she feels like that underscores like, oh no, see, this is an issue for you. You are this person in the world and I am afraid of that. But then he says, I feel like because I took responsibility for not acting the best way in our first argument. I've basically screwed myself and it backfired because now she's like holding it against me every second of every day and almost like looking for me to fail and misinterpreting anytime I speak firmly as yelling. And it's like if he's right and if there isn't any actual yelling and it's, you know, then it it is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know whose team to be on. I don't know what's going on. But she will not have it. And she, okay, this is where I was like, oh, Michael's being a shady liar is because he kept like doing this. Uh, it's like, if he's a liar, he's a really creepy good one 
And that makes it all the worse, right? Because he's very convincing. But then she was like, there was that point where she was like, oh, really? Really, Michael? Are we really going to say that right now? She's like, now, Michael. It was very. <laughs> it was really intense. But it made me think like, that's what you do when you can't believe that the person that went through the same thing as you yeah. is lying to this person in front of you right now. Because you're like, I was there. How could you say that in front yeah. of me? And so that made me think, oh, shit. Maybe he really is lying off. I mean, yelling off camera and he's bald face lying right now because how could she persist this hard if what she was saying isn't true? Otherwise, she would be crazy. Yeah. Otherwise, she would be being kind of psycho. I'm leaning. I'm more team Jasmina right now. Yeah, I kind of am, too. I mean, I don't think that she's done a lot to cultivate a lot of like warmth and fun and I'm looking for the best of you. Yeah. I will say that. I don't think she's done a lot of that since we've gotten into, since the wedding. And yet, if what she's saying is true, that you shit underst- like this has come up every single day, you get why she is withdrawn and is kind of like, I'm freaked out by you and I don't even know if I want to get close to you or give you a chance. Yeah. Which basically Pastor Cal just says, like, Michael, honesty and transparency is important. And Jasmina, so is forgiveness. And the, yeah. Oh, I loved the difference between talking at, talking with, and talking to. Yeah. I thought so, that that was legit. Pastor Cal did the most work with these people, I yeah. felt like. Yeah. The, the, it, and by the end of it, you're kind of like. You feel like a speck of hope. You, spill, you feel a little bit of hope. A speck. But a morsel, I really a morsel did, of hope. I like this very simple phrase. He says, so like. His whole thing is talking at is when you're talking to someone like they're subordinate, basically disregarding how they're taking you in or anything. And so he said, Jasmina, I want you to practice. Next time he starts talking at you, I want you to look him in the eye and say, I am not your enemy. Like that's your key phrase to remind him. And then he's like, Michael, when she says that, that is your cue to correct immediately. And I was like, love it. Great advice. Such good advice. Like such a cool, straightforward system. Yeah. That I feel like it made me think like how many couples, if in the middle of like a heated thing where everyone is determined to be correct and everyone is feeling not heard. And a lot of times that'll escalate or like. You know, it'll just be like, well, I believe my thing and you believe yeah. your thing. If every couple was just like someone took the high road in the moment and was like, I am not your enemy. Remember, we're on the same team and you're looking in the eyes like we were saying earlier, like that can do so much for softening and remembering we're on the same team. We're not against each other. Absolutely. Which is an ongoing I feel like that's one of the biggest, like... It's easy to forget. Yes, because you're so used to moving through the world. I mean, you're the center of your own life, you know? Yeah. And in every other circumstance, like, we all have this feeling that, like, you know, like, I have to have my own back because no one else will. And it's always such a relief, though, when you remember you're on the same team. Because it, like, it makes all the other shit. Like, you just, like, loosen your hold on it. You're like, oh, yeah. What's the point? I don't need to die on this hill right now. No. You know? Don't die on that hill. <laughs> that is all I have for them right now, though. Okay, Podcue. We're T 
team mem- teammates in this podcast. We are teammates in this podcast. So power rankings. Do you have any rankings for us? All right, coming in. Well, we have four power ranking spots now officially. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, but can I, for fun, just put Alyssa and Chris on in fifth place because it's their last I'll time keep them. Together. They were on the yeah, they were on the episode, so obviously Alyssa and Chris are in fifth place. Yes. Coming in at number four, I have Jasmina and Michael. Okay. Number three, I have Mark and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have Katina and Lajuan. Mm-hmm. And number one, I have Stephen Noy. Okay. Okay. So not a big shakeup. Uh, Katina and O and Shark and Lindsay switched one spot. Mm-hmm. Agree? Yeah, though I'm like... Everything flips upside down next week. Apparently, I'm ready to. I'm ready for a massive power ranking shakeup. Yeah, I it's mean, been. Yeah. It's kind of been like, oh, we've been jockeying for some positions. Just, just bring it next week. Yeah. I, I'm ready to go four to one, one to four. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to add a couple. Uh, who knows what's what going to happen? What do we think of like Noi? Ghosted him and then went out on the town. Who and- knows? I I don't know. I I, I, I can't just- read. I can't read too much into the previews because last year we got so much weird shit on the previews, and then you realize they're telling a story about something that happened eight years ago, and it's not happening now. Like who knows? I don't know. But I I can't wait. I just can't believe there's a world where I might get mad at Noi. I'm ready for bowling alley brawl. What's that? Oh, is that where Lindsay and MTS yeah. shit on each other? Yeah, oh I God, love a I'm good scared. public a public fight. It's great. <laughs> it does wonders. Okay, well, Content I wonders. was so distracted by frantically taking notes and photos and trying to read the decals on Mark's wall that I did not record any lyrics for the week. But you know what? That'll make next week even more special. Thank you so much for listening. Have an incredible weekend. Please, please, please leave us a review. Um, you can leave ratings and written reviews on most on most platforms. And it just, I mean, our listenership is going up every week. And so we thank all of you so much for listening and sharing and following us on the social needs. But leaving the reviews, continuing to share it with your friends, share it on your social media, all of that, it all helps so much. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. We love you guys so much. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. 